0: Give you what Rev is gonna give you? What Ben is gonna give you? What all three are gonna give you? The big D. Chico's gonna give you what Rev is gonna give you. What Ben is gonna give you. What all three are gonna give you. The big D. Chico, Rev and Ben, yep, they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head, nothing left set They're leaving it all on the field. Like the favorite team, Raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge is a no real for a drill, so true. To representing the gray, red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you can't deny, so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what Rev is gonna give you. What Ben is gonna give you. What All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Chico's gonna give you what Rev is gonna give you. What Ben is gonna give you. What All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Um, soccer podcast.
1: Welcome to Big D After Dark. I'm your host, Nathan Hill, and we have a great show for you this evening. Thanks for joining us. Three points, that's the lead off headline we'll discuss tonight as FC Dallas notches their first victory of twenty twenty one, a four to one beatdown of the lowly Portland Timbers. It was a goal scoring bonanza for FC Dallas behind goals from Ricarte, O'Brien, Bresson, and Dante Sealy. A lot to discuss tonight as we look ahead to a huge rivalry match against Houston. Let's get to it. We're live we are live. welcome everyone i'm gonna I'm gonna lower my volume a little bit here trying to adjust our volume as we go. We already got five viewers. Thank you all for joining us this evening uh, to our live video uh, podcast which is also now available on audio in a lot of places also on anchor FM. Um, you can find it there. so if you're listening a little bit later, we're glad that you checking us out. Please, please know that as we do do this live, you can post your comments in the live stream chat. We will see it, and we will include your question, and it will change the flow of our conversation. So if there's something on your mind after last uh, Saturday's big home win against Portland Timbers for FC Dallas, we'd, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to have you shape the conversation and, and talk about the things you like to talk about here with me, of course, well, of course. I'm Nathan Hill. I'm the host. You can follow me at Nathan J Hill. Uh, there in the middle tonight, his his video feed is not working, so we've superimposed a picture of uh, uh, this is a view of what Ryan Holliday's head was was probably looking at when he was throw faking the, the the ball throw in his direction of Portland Timbers head coach and now loser to FC Dallas again, uh, Gio uh, Savarisi. Right there in the middle is Ben Lyons at. At BirdTurgler, say hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. Okay. And there in the end is our our good buddy, Jose Carmona, at El Chico Carmona. Say hey, Jose.
2: Bienvenidos.
1: All right. Excellent. We're glad. And we're glad you all are here. Please let us know you're here in the comments section. Just say something. and Again, pepper us with, with your comments, your reactions to the big win at home uh, for FC Dallas. And so let's get right to it. Big Four big goals. We finally saw the offense come alive. Sure, you could argue Portland was playing a, a lesser squad in this one because of the CCL matches they're involved with, but but you could also tell something was at stake for Portland the way they came out in the second half and brought Valeri and other starters out and had a bit of energy at first. But But FC Dallas really controlled this one. Uh, maybe a few moments where they struggled a bit. But FC Dallas looked great. The attack, some of these goals were just delicious. So Ben, starting with you and then Jose, give us uh, some of your highlights from this match. Uh, what really stood out to you that you loved to see from FC Dallas? Uh, well, I mean, like if you're asking me,
3: I loved the Freddie Vargas taking corner kicks and Ricarte and um i like uh, brian acosta not doing that um <laughs> he needs to spend all of his energy on putting his shots on target uh but he i mean like even he had a good game everybody had like a really really good good game it was a good bounce back game uh, portland was a little bit weaker but actually it's kind of overblown like i mean like those are all rotational players uh, except for the goalkeeper um and you know, I mean four four to one against the conference rival. I mean you can't can't beat that.
2: Jose, um, I think you have to take in, into consideration the level of opposition before we get too excited. So for me, my big takeaway was the the play of certain players uh, that I was happy to see perform really well. Uh, I'll name five right off the bat. Uh, three that had really great games that any one of these three could have been men of the match. And Brisson, who continues to l- play great ball to start the season. Uh, O'Brien, who, who finally, you know, added something to just looking dangerous out there. And Ricarte, who now that he played much higher, played much better. And, of course... Collins head back at left back where he should always, always, always play, and of course Felipe uh, looks solid back there, even if he was unthreatened for most of the night. Good, yeah, good stuff. It, ha- it has to feel good for O'Brien to
1: get his first uh, MLS goal to kind of get that, get over that hump, and. Um, yeah, and and Hara getting an assist as a sub was 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 good. Maybe that gets him going with a little bit of positive energy. But yeah, the Ricarte goal, uh, was was something special. It was just it was just great, great buildup, great interchange. You saw the creativity. You saw like what I think Lucci coach Lucci has wanted to do and thinks is possible with this team was getting that kind of out of the back interchange of play and um we'll get to a little clip of that maybe a little bit later and take a look at that play but yeah a lot here to like and of course the kid Dante Sealy coming on uh and, and just taking advantage of his opportunity um just so exciting to see because he's one of those young guys that we know has a load of talent a possibility uh, Ben you've been watching you've been following Dante for a while right you you know about this kid right
3: Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, long time uh, academy uh, prodigy. Um, kind of, you know, he, like now that he's 18. I like, I, uh, kind of surprised, uh, uh, like he didn't end up staying in Munich with uh, with Che. Uh, to be to be quite honest, so seeing him go out and and play and 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 provide, uh, you know, that kind of dynamic ability as an attacker um you know at a young age um is, is, is exciting to see um it'll it'll be interesting to see you know if uh, he sticks around all year or if he makes a move in the summer um i i, I know you're thinking like uh, well you know okay well he just had like that one goal well i mean like he's been tracked for a while so yeah um you know yeah, uh, if he keeps scoring, he'll 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 probably probably be gone this summer.
1: Exciting, exciting stuff to see. And I know, congratulations to him on his first uh, senior goal, at least in, in Major League Soccer. And also, we say, hey, Marcus Marcus Robinson, thanks for watching. What's up with you? How are you doing? What's your reaction to the game, to the win for for FC Dallas? Really feels like the team got it. You know, got the season is started now. You know, the season this team is going now. The floodgates have opened. We hope uh, for for more uh, scoring, but but it wasn't perfect, you know. And there's always things for this team to work on. It's still early season, so let's go there. So Jose, we'll start with you, and then Ben. What's something that this team still needs to to work on going forward that you still want to see some improvement on?
2: Well, I think they still gotta you know get that right back situation squared away. I mean, I'm happy to see when Joba get time there. But I don't think Eddie was involved much at all in the attack, which is usually something that you see from both uh, the left back and the right back in Lucci's system. You, he likes to attack with, you know, send both his both of his uh, left back and right back forward. But <clears throat> you saw Eddie being kept back really. I don't I don't believe he was involved in the attack much at all. Uh, I don't think he had any offensive. Uh, you know, pass, keypad, any passes or anything like that that stood out. So, that's one thing. It's just the attack. It's just getting. It, honestly, for me, it's just getting everybody on the same page. You see flashes of what this, of the potential that this team has, and and honestly, I think uh, cohesion is the big thing. And the other thing is Lucci needs to uh, stop overthinking some of these lineups. And and you saw uh, Riccardo forward a lot more in this game, and it makes a huge difference. I mean, Vargas and O'Brien are dangerous, or can be dangerous, but they're much easier to mark when, you know, Riccardo and Costa are being asked to go all the way back and get the ball. It takes them out of the attack, and they got to work their way into the attack, but if you keep them up high, now, you know, now they're, the the Dallas has more options in the attack going forward, and, and that's, I like seeing that. I think Riccardo had his best game of the season, and, of course, it's the one game where he was actually allowed to stay forward and and dictate, you know, uh, the attack.
1: Ben, what are some things the team needs to work on? Well, you know, with Manjoma,
3: that was his first MLS start, so I I have to imagine just knowing his attacking profile, he'll – he'll definitely be more prevalent in, in future games as long as he holds on to that spot. Um, you know, the, uh, deep lying mid in, in that, that formation, the six, if you will, um, you know, there's still, there's still questions to be answered there. And, uh, you know, I, I know like maybe some people are getting like, uh, some Tiago Santos seller's remorse, but, um, you know, I don't know that, uh, with time, uh, FC Dallas is not going to be better off with what they have on hand. Um, you know, uh, Tanner was playing there, and, and he didn't look that great. But you know, um, he's still you know fairly new as a professional, and that was a new position for him. And, you know, I think again, you you grade him on the curve. That's like his first MLS start there, um, and, and you can expect him to probably play better in that position. And then, you know, he's yeah. going to have surreal pressuring him. And if all else fails, you can stick a Costa back there. Um, so all of these things that I think that, you know, need improvement as the season goes along, there's plenty of time. And I think there's plenty of bodies to, to make it happen. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really hard to be upset about, you know, anything in that last game. Uh, you know, pri- primarily because you know Frank O'Hara actually did something. So, um, you know, right. really, really, really hard to be a downer about anything. <laughs>
2: I'd like I'd like to say something about that about Hara finally doing something, and it's the fact that he finally got a pass where he wanted it. You know, having somebody like Tommy Call that can make that pass that 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 opens up the defense. That's what Hara has been lacking you, you could say that, that a guy like him who relies on timing as opposed to speed needs those passes to come at the right time in the right place and all of a sudden lo and behold there's Hara breaking away from the defense as low as he is and keeping uh, uh, you know uh Sealy on side even you know so so yeah I mean it's it, that's what excites I, I, I...
3: A tired defense that he's counterattacking against. Hey, and a young defense. I'm just
2: saying. Yeah. But, but it, it's not like he's. No one's ever going to accuse him of being fast, and I don't care how tired they are. That was still hard breaking away from a defense, something none of us expected to. And I'm just saying that it had nothing to do with him being fast. It has something to do, everything to do with how accurate that pass was and where it landed to the point where he was able to get that one, uh, not one, but two steps on defense. And all he had to do was leg it out. And, and I could get used to seeing that. If he can get that kind of service that flashes you, what Hara has as a potential. He's not a guy who's going to beat teams with speed and, and quickness, but if he gets the passes in the right places, it shows you that he can be dangerous.
3: And, and, and you know, the, the game flow is in the appropriate spot too. I really want to harp on that yeah. because, you know, i don't think that play happens in minute 10 of the game even with portland down a goal you know
2: oh no and that's fine and i'm okay with that i I, i'm just saying service 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 and then with Ricarte in there uh being kept up higher and and absolutely you're going to have ricardo and if you're going to be bringing paxton in late all season and just make him a super sub then those players are going to be there late on tired defenses. I mean, maybe next time it'll be Pepe making that run instead of Hara and getting that assist. I like I said, it's it's great to see. It's what it's what the the attackers, you know, uh, have been lacking. The 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 the, the 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 strikers for this team need more of more balls being fed to them in the right spots to take advantage of their skills
1: it's good stuff you know this it's a thing we'll talk about what we'll hear from coach lucci here in a few minutes but yes like the problem with the three four three setup is that you're really you have two midfielders and you're asking a heck of a lot from them to know when to get forward when to cover when to fall back when to hedge their bets kind of a thing It, it and it's and it's fine I and mean, there's there are midfields out there in the professional game that can do that, can know that instinctively when to get forward and when to pressure and when to to, to be back in a more of a covering type position to, to help the defense. But you throw in a young guy like Tanner Tessman who's still learning the game. Well, I don't want to say learning the game, but he's he's young. He's he's not a veteran. He doesn't have oodles of experience, so he's he's gonna be more hesitant, he's gonna struggle at times. So you bring out a three midfielder. Uh, a setup and everybody in the midfield then gets a more defined role. You have one guy who's going to hang back a little bit more and provide the cover. You have a Ricarte whose job it is to get to either shuttle the ball forward, get the ball forward and get into an attacking position. You know, so I, I, that's what's good about the 433 is that especially helps the younger guys. So you even bring in a surreal later in the game and his job is just provide cover, stop attacks, get in the way of Portland, slow them down and that's a much easier assignment for a young player than to say, you need to make a decision here, when to get back, when to get forward, you know, it's, and work with your teammates in that process. It's, it's interesting. Well, let's shift to this question we got from Dave. Thanks, Dave, for watching. Reminder, folks, post your questions. Dave says, now we have seen Pepe get a start. What are your thoughts about what Pepe provides and what he needs to add, or how we get the number nine involved more? So hold on now, before we get to that, Dave, I'm going to leave your question up. I'm going to pump, jump over here to my iPhone screen. And, and this is a little thing from uh, WatKey underscore. I guess that's Chris Russell. Check, listen to this a little and, and highlight how Pepe was involved without being involved, right? Unfortunately, it makes for very boring videos. But a lot of
4: times, good off-ball movement is just about getting and then staying out of the way. Here's Ricardo Pepe. He's uh, about to get out of the way. We can watch him do that. And uh, here he is again. He's just going to stay out of the way. And uh,
1: unfortunately, it makes for a very boring. Video. All right, that that's that's that. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, but that's the opening goal from Ricarte. Um, just a great build-up, a great interchange. But the point is for him, and this is something that we soccer fans sometimes, even in our understanding of space and the importance of space don't always pay attention to. It's just how important it is sometimes for players just to to hang back, drawing the defender away, making the defender have to choose. Do I step up to this incoming player? Do I watch my back here where we have a number nine you know, trying to get in or potentially being a threat or for a late run? Just those little things make life difficult. So, guys, what did you see from Pepe in this game? Jose, let's start with you. And Ben, you jump in.
2: Well, that video shows you exactly uh, issues with Hara as the main guy is that he has a tendency to cross, you know, get in the lane, same lane as the other attackers. You're not getting those players that are, you know, getting out of each other's way. They're all getting each other's way. And that play highlights where a player who knows what Lucci wants is making the right decision and 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 doesn't have to be making that that. that run directly into the box every time sometimes it's like you said about pulling pulling the the defender away and allowing somebody else to make that run i think that's where we're seeing we've all been frustrated with hara is that we're not seeing that a lot from him when that happens i'm not just saying it's just his fault i'm just saying and for whatever reason the, the attackers are not all on the same page and saw them all on the same page at times in this match and and it, yes, if, if Pepe continues to do that, do the little things, I think it's, it becomes harder and harder to keep Hara on there. But at the same time, uh, you know, Hara is still going to start. You know, th- th- I, I think it's key that Lucci said this was a, you know, a rotation, which you know he had to sell Hara and hey, we're gonna arrest you this game. Playing, we're playing a Weekend Portland, so let the let the kid play. We don't we we don't want you playing against some lesser opposition and getting hurt so i think it was easier for him to sell for this game and and i think i think you'll see where is going to start basically finding ways to get peppy stars by by when when the right opportunities come where he can where he convince hara that it's in his best interest to to rest and come off the bench which won't be often at least not in the first half of the season
3: so you know one thing that Lucci likes to do whenever he wins a game is start the same lineup the next game I wish I had my webcam tonight so you could see me rubbing my hands together like Mr. Burns because uh, I-, I-, I hope they go on a like 30 game win streak and, and you know we-, we we just see Pepe start for the rest of the season um, you know, with uh, cameos from uh, Jesus Ferreira and possibly Frank O'Hara uh, you know, I mean, like, I was talking about this, like, a few games ago, and, and in the chat, you know, even before the season, like, the hardest thing Luchu is going to have to do this year was manage a, a diminished star player. You know, Frank O'Hara was a star player, a good player, and he is the highest paid player on the team. But is he the best player on the team? No. Is he the 10th best player on the team? No. <laughs> Mm. But Lucci, a young coach, still has to deal with that fact that he's got that reputation and he's got that paycheck, which probably is somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four to maybe even like six times what Lucci's making. So that's hard, Mm. you know. But, you know, if they keep
1: winning, then it's easy. And, you know, for a team like with this makeup – you know, Hara is not a bad piece to have, a veteran player who, who hopefully we're going to see down the stretch score some big goals, um, even if he comes off the bench sometimes to do that, brings that savvy, that veteran, that ability to, to close out a game or to do like we saw on uh, on Saturday, which was to, to create something, to be a part of creating something with a savvy unselfish play but keep in mind we can go back a little bit earlier in that game from that assist and he chose to pass when he probably should have taken a shot he had a pretty decent position maybe it would have still missed been you know been a hard uh, shot but he had an angle and he chose to unselfishly pass so you know may- maybe he is um you know He's figuring out his role in this team. And, and so I don't mind having that veteran kind of presence. presence. But right now, with his contract, what it says is that he should be a starter. So it is a difficult dynamic for Lucci to deal with. Um, so right now, this early season, I, I think he could sell it, that he's getting Pepe fit. Pepe was energetic, was active. He had a good role to play. So Dave, thank you for the question. I think we're going to see this Sunday. I, I, I bet Horace starts again. Um, if Pepe has scored, it would be really hard to make a case. I agree. You know, so but Pepe didn't score. Pepe was active, did some good things, but you could probably make a case that Hara got got an assist, probably deserves a, a, a start. But hopefully, hopefully Hara's on a shorter lease going forward. So about that sixty minute mark, if Hara has, is struggling, you bring in Pepe, you get that energy. But there, there's a lot of question marks about the Lucci, roster. If you please
2: something? do not start. At- Frank O'Hara. Can, no, can, I add, can I add something? And I'll tell you where, where Ben is wrong on that. Is is you want him to start Hara. And you want to cheer for Hara to go on a kind of run. Because if you're, if you're seriously, honestly believing that, that Pepe should be the starter going, going forward, then Hara can't be on the bench. He has to get moved. And the only way he gets moved is to have a good run of form before the summer window. So that then he has mm. value. If you bench him, then he has zero value, and he's not going anywhere, and he's going to, you know, uh, he's not going to be happy. And you no, don't want...
3: no, no. It's sunk costs at this oh, point. Yeah. I
2: totally well, disagree. <laughs> I, I totally know you disagree, disagree. But at the same time, the other thing is you want to also protect Pepe from doing too well that suddenly you get somebody with an insane offer in the summer and, and the hunts sell him. So it's a it's a double-edged sword. I think you want to play Hara as much as you can, with the idea that Pepe will be the man come the end of the season, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with patiently bringing Pepe along slowly, a game here, a game there, while keeping Hara happy, as long as we gradually see a move towards the younger uh, Pepe, Jesus, uh, you know, rotation down the stretch.
1: Well, all right. Let's let's keep this going, but let's shift over to the clip I have from Coach Lucci from Media Day last week. So this is before the Portland match, and so I had a question to him, but kind of, and it came from out of our conversations uh, from Big, with Big D Soccer, uh, just to uh, kind of about the formation against San Jose, kind of what he was hoping to get. So you hear me stumble around. Uh, I am not I'm still learning the ropes here of asking people admire questions so let's listen to this and listen to lucci's conversation and come back and talk about this portland game and kind of what um you know what we learned from the formation switch kind of keep that conversation going Which i know uh you weren't um n- not the result you wanted last saturday and it sounds like we're going to continue to talk about formations and kind of those kinds of choices just curious if you would um you know kind of what what you were hoping to get out of your team with the starting formation against San Jose and then kind of walk us through the late game switch that maybe had a little more success, at least leading to the Pepe goal. Uh, and then kind of, you know, what should we expect? What should FC Dallas fans expect going forward formation wise?
4: Uh, Yeah, I was explaining that, uh, you know, the question in Spanish was do you run the risk of trying these different formations and maybe not having like a, some consistency and i, I disagree I, I think the modern game the modern coaching the modern player the the formation is just a vehicle based on the personnel you have and then it's about occupying those spaces that we want we want to have players between lines We want to have at least one player wide on each side we want to have one player threatening the last line we want to have at least minimum three in the build sometimes we say three and a half because the player can be in a half space not fully like underneath the ball so we want to have always a player in the pivot, and so it's it's occupation of the space because I could play four three three, drop my six, and we're still going to build the same way in a three four two one, or I can play a four three three and I can slide my two over, my three over, and it's still a build in a in a three four two one or three five two 2 whichever way the, the midfield is occupied. So I think I think in, you know uh, I mean, C- uh, Zidane changed his system multiple times this season. And they're a 4-3-3 type club, but they have they recognize when to play three in the back. Barcelona's finding success now with three in the back. Maybe that third is more like a midfield profile, but they've been doing it with three center backs recently. Tuchel comes from PSG, from a 4-3-3, and then goes 3-4-2-1, and based on the players he has, and finding a lot of possession, a lot of good pressure, and creating, maybe not scoring a lot of goals, but winning games by one-game margin, one-goal margin. So, I think there's a there's a lot to be said about um, formations that, you know, it, it, I, I think it's it's a great uh, it's a great tool for our team to be able to play different formations. If we're just fixed in a formation, I think it's easy to scout against. It's easy, easy to limit, neutralize. And and then we become predictable. I, I think we have the roster to be unpredictable. And, you know, is is it easy to replace Brian Reynolds? No, we're, we're developing the, the players that come through and. Take care of that. Is it easy to replace Tiago Santos like this in a snap of a finger? A few weeks ago, no, but I believe in the players we have to, to, uh, to do the job. We, that's all I know from our club. and What I observed even before I was a first team coach, Oscar had to do that. We're a development club and sometimes we lose these players, but we got guys ready to step up and no matter the system. So we want to occupy spaces, like I mentioned, no matter the system. And I want us to be unpredictable. I don't want the opponent to always guess how we're playing and but but we got to get the result too so that's that's the lesson and that's the expectation and it's, it, ha- it wasn't good enough against san jose we could have been up two three zero Could penalty could have gone our way that changes the flow of the game and we didn't get the call at the end of the day they put away their chances they earned the pks that were called and we didn't and the game i think is just i don't believe in luck i don't think the game didn't you know we, we were unlucky or it wasn't just or it wasn't fair. No, that's, those aren't my words at all. I think the game, the result was just. But we could have been up and we could have changed the outcome of that game. And the way we started with the formation and with those players, I thought they started fantastic. But then the, the momentum changed and it shifted. San Jose woke up when they almost conceded. And that happens. And then we, we didn't make the plays that we needed to defensively or to, 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 to deny them. And uh yeah, the the shift of the formation in the end is to get certain guys on the field and we wanted the extra midfielder and hey, it's three zero, we're gonna take some risk, take more risk. Um, but we should have been uh we should have been uh with one or two goals even with the prior formation. But that's the game. Um, and my job is to figure out that balance, but no matter what, to find the result. So that's the the test, that's the process that I that I embrace. And but we're approaching this week with a... With with an urgency because at home, um, you know, we didn't get full points last time against Colorado, and we know Portland is a very good team, um, and they're hard to beat. And we, I'm sure, they want a revenge from playoffs last year. Those are going to have a personal um, motivation for that game. But we have our own. We have our own. We want to get our first win in the season, and we want to do it for our fans, no matter the formation.
1: I I like Coach Lucci. Yeah, I it's fun to hear him talk and to hear him break down the game and be clear about sort of what he wants. Um, and, 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 it's great, especially to see, um, you know, to see some fruit of that work. Uh, so yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's just talk about his response. What did you hear Ben? Uh, you know, in, in his responses, he talked about the formation, uh,
3: you know, I mean, you could you could take that uh, a lot of different ways you could you could take it as him being defensive about it or you know um you could take it as i did where then you know i mean like I, i have plenty of prior experience with lucci where you know i mean like he's 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 just riffing and being honest about you know the formation not maybe necessarily mattering as much but you know, talking about, uh, you know, getting the right balance and then, you know, you know, winning your battles. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going in that goes into being a coach at, at this level, you know, it, it's not just managing, you know, a personality like Frank O'Hara. It's getting, you know, everybody motivated and getting everybody moving in the right direction. And, you know, I, I like, With the formation and again this is my conspiracy theory i think he rolled it out there so you know the bosses can see it and say hey look this would work a lot better if we had one of our fast young soul forwards that we don't pay three million dollars a year to play so you know um i don't know whether there's any validity to that at at all i hear voices in my head all the time i don't sleep well (laughs) but also Frank O'Hara is not one of our 15 best players. So why is he starting? (laughs) So, you know, like you have to just start like kind of uh, doing a process of elimination. And, you know, maybe he's got naked pictures of Lucci or maybe it's the simple answer, which is he gets paid a lot more money than Lucci does.
2: I like how Hara keeps dropping down the rankings. He was he wasn't top 10. And now he's not top 15, and he's pretty much hitting out the out the <laughs> out the rankings pretty soon. Uh, you know, I, I think you 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 hearing Lucci basically telling us, in his way, that just because he's changed shifted formations, uh, don't think for a minute that he's given up on the three four three. He's telling you, matter of factly, that hey, I'm gonna roll out whichever formation I want to roll out as long as I feel that the guys can, you know can pull it off. And as, as long as I think they've looked good in practice with that formation, that's what I'm going to roll out. That's, that's all he's saying. He's basically saying, Hey, okay. It didn't work against San Jose. It didn't work in the first match as good as we wanted to. Some of it is rust. Some of it is, you know, we're still gelling. Uh, so yeah, we went reverted to the four, three, three, because everyone's familiar with it. But I think he's just saying, don't, don't think that he's just going to write out the four, three, three for the rest of the year. He's telling you, expect, you know, that 3-4-3 three, three to come back, expect maybe another formation to, to make an appearance, and and you know, I, I think he's being honest about that, I think he's saying that, hey we've always said he likes to overthink matches and, and, and overthink his lineups, Maybe right? he likes to overthink formations too, so yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll I, I think he's being honest and saying that, hey, you know I'm not giving up on that formation, I, I just for this game, I thought it was time to go to the 4-3-3
3: well, no, and you know what? Here's the thing. I think it actually does highlight the strengths of Vargas and O'Brien, O'Brien better, uh, running like that. And you know what? I have to say, uh, the last few uh, offseason signings. I think Vargas has been good. I think O'Brien is extremely dynamic and promising. And Jose Antonio Martinez has been been great. You know, like nobody's saying anything bad about him over the last three games. You know, yeah, probably the best defender on the team so far. Um, so, you know, if he if he if he thinks that's going to eventually put the team in the best posture to succeed, I tend to give him a lot of rope on that. Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, and uh, I can- I felt like his answer was there was a little defensiveness. I mean, but, which is natural because you have one point from a home game and uh, an away game. So it, it's tough. So I felt like he was being a little defensive, was tr- justifying the formation uh, with some of his thinking, uh, which is good. But also, I think subtly he was setting us up for a formation change, which we saw against Portland. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, – let's get to a comment here from Shea our, – our friend Shea Galvin, who says, so he says formation doesn't matter as much. It's about where players occupy space. I – I do agree, but then says, different formations makes them more unpredictable. That sounds contradicting, and and, and I do think I, it, I think Lucci's perspective is, I've got this, um, I've got this, uh, you know, this collection of players, and I think with a development sort of focus club, this is going to be a problem. Is that you can't it's not a factory, you know, you're not going to produce another Brian Reynolds just like that, you know, Eddie Munjoma, oh. I think, right. <laughs> well, I think Eddie <laughs> Munjoma is great, but you're not going to produce, you know, you know, the same. It's nothing is guaranteed, you know, but your next player up may be more of a number 10 it may be more of a, a winger. It may be a center back. It may be a, a another defensive midfielder. So the coach is always going to have these challenges of sort of how to get Players in, and so I think it makes sense for Lucci to say we want to be a team that's unpredictable. That sometimes may play three midfielders, two midfielders, may uh, you know may have a, a. I would love to. I'm very curious to see if we'll have a two striker setup in some match. When it makes sense to play Hara and Pepe together, and that makes sense against a competition or opponent, you know. So I, I hear. Lucci's saying we want this team to be unpredictable, but we don't want it to be easy to game plan against. Um, But yet the same basic principles apply. Saying like we want to occupy space, we want to generate forward momentum and attack with these certain occupying space and moving people forward. I I do what what I found funny about his response was was just dropping in Zidane references, you know, PSG and Barcelona. Like, all right all right, Lucci, you know, I'm not sure if Dallas is at that level yet, right? But but cool that you're thinking on that level. Hey, dress for the job you want. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I do agree. Shay. it sounds contradicting at, at at times. And I think Lucci probably has a greater vision for what this team may be capable for, of at times. But yet, why not swing for the fences? I mean, he's definitely building a vision here of what this team could be capable of, you know, I I guess down the road. Are they there yet? I don't know. I mean, have we seen success with the three, four, three yet? I mean, if, if the three, four, three could have success on the road, I think none of us would discount a more defensive setup that would spring on the counter. But um, we've yet to see that. We've yet to see in MLS, really three, uh, a three in the back has, or five in the back has never been super successful in this league for whatever reason, you know? Right. Mm. (laughs) Mm, I don't know about that. All right. Well, you know, (laughs) I I just know there's not been a huge track record, but I think it's because this league is very athletic. There's a lot of athletic physical players, but anyway, let's, so let's, let's continue this conversation going. Uh, Let's hear from Ricardo Pepe. This is a shorter clip. I asked him about, and so this is interesting in line with the question that Dave asked us earlier about him getting the start. I asked about like his opening goal and like does this feel like he makes a case for him getting a start? Pepe is a man of few words, which as a young guy is probably his best strategy. Let's let's listen to Ricardo. Ricardo, uh, how are you doing? Um... Just uh, one congratulations getting your first goal of 2021 uh, season. I know that felt good, at least even if it wasn't a, a tough kind of effort, tough result for the team. Um, congratulations on that. I'm just curious, uh, kind of a, maybe a, a simple question here. Just uh, do you feel that that first goal kind of uh, gives you, makes a case for the coaches, for coach Lucci to, for you to get a start in the next couple of matches and, or uh, what are the things are you trying to do in practice uh, over this next, this week and next to sort of make the case that you can help this team kind of unleash the, the attack this early in the season?
4: Yeah, no, I think uh, obviously I've always tried to do my best for the team. I mean, I'm always trying to go out there, you know, score some goals to do whatever I have to do for the team. You know, um, I feel like, you know, scoring a goal doesn't really have to do with, you know, me getting to start. I feel like that's totally a coach's decision. So, I mean, I'm just always there on my toes, always trying to be ready for when I do get to
1: start, I'm ready and prepared for it. That's it. <laughs> That's what he said. I like, I like Ricardo. <laughs> you know, um, to the point, but he's right. It's the coach's decision whether he starts or not, but I like this kid a lot, and I like him because of his intangibles, to borrow a basketball term. Um and, and, and I don't know when. I, I wish I had asked I, I, when Jesus will be ready. It seems like he's probably another couple weeks out. But when he comes back in, it will be an interesting conversation. I still sort of want to imagine a Pepe and Ferreira combination to start a match up coming up soon. What do you all think about that?
2: I'm ben? looking forward to it. You know, Ben, we'll be looking forward to it as long as it means Jara is not on the starting field <laughs> starting 11
3: well look i like i agree like we just need to like work pepe in with the occasional start starting with houston this week And then probably mix in another one in minnesota and then you know probably at home against rsl and then you know possibly away colorado uh you know that's that's where that's where I, the Games in the future, I would I would like to see uh, uh, Ricardo Pepe make a spot
1: start.
2: What Ben's saying is that he, he hopes to only see Hara start the U.S. Open Cup matches.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey. If, if Look, he breaks so the as, record as there, as why not? As
2: I give Hara like
3: I, like I kind of think that it's it's okay having an expensive, uh, you know, big time sub like that. It might not be conventional. It might not be the way that uh, MLS clubs typically win. But, you know, if you need a a, a goal or, you know, a clutch pass at the end of the game, and he's got all those miles on his tires, then maybe that's the best way to use him.
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to see over the course of this season what Hara has to provide. And hopefully it's some clutch goals and big moments. Um, Hopefully he gets going and. He is just clutch. Uh, that's what this team has needed for a long time since since Blas Perez, at least. You know, uh, just some guy who's going to come up in big games. Um, well, before we close it out, it's already been about 45 minutes here. I'm going to throw up the video for those who are going to be listening on audio of the Hollingshead moment from this match. And Ryan's Holling, Ryan Hollingshead is... is uh, you know, uh, he is well known to be a, a strong man of faith, right? Uh, following a uh, tradition that says love your neighbor as yourself, but he had enough <laughs> on Saturday. He had enough of loving his neighbor, or at least for a moment. Or his version of loving your neighbor was to, to was to do this. We're going to switch over and watch infamous moment here. Um, as he fakes the ball in the direction of Gio Savarese and earns one of the more memorable yellow cards in FC Dallas history, for um, and evidently the story behind this is that is that Savarese was kicked the ball in his direction, was complaining about time wasting for Hollingshead, and Hollingshead just wasn't having any of it. He just wasn't having any of it, and I hear, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, Portland fans were pretty mo- moaning and complaining about this event this week on oh. Twitter.
2: Portland fans moaning, complaining. Come on.
1: Yeah, Portland.
2: Do you know any any Portland fans that do anything else other than moan and complain?
3: Yeah, it's not as bad as Seattle fans.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can't tell the fan bases apart. You can quote me on that one. Boom. <laughs> boom. boom. <laughs> That's right.
1: You know, Portland, where the 90s never ended, right? Mm. We just watched the first episode of Portlandio, just Portlandia last <laughs> yesterday or something, and it was like, yeah, all right.
3: I love Kyle McLaughlin as the mayor yeah. of Portland. He's Good funny. <laughs> I, so I,
2: I've actually met at least two very weird people, and was not shocked when they both said they were from Portland. I was like, well, that that makes a lot of sense, and I left it at that. I've
1: had a, had a, have, a, have worked with a couple of people, uh, known a couple of people who lived in Oregon and done the mushroom hunting thing and stuff. And it's like, all right, and that explains a lot about who you are. <laughs> but I I tell you, I love that moment from Hollingshead. It was unpredictable, and it's the kind of thing. Truth be told, that will build the fan base for FC Dallas. That will make this team personable. I love Ryan's, Ryan Ryan uh, I hope hope we can get him on the show someday. we will love to chat with him, and uh, it seems like a great dude and a competitor. And he said that moment fired up the team and helped close out the match. and And I think uh, we heard from Steve Davis and others that you know that's that's what sh- what the team needs in t- moments. Um, They need someone to come up and and be a leader and fire up the team and get something going. Even if you earn a yellow card for it, it's going to get this team through some some moments where you lose energy a little bit and stay focused. Brian, thank you for that.
2: I just want to say something on Hollingshead, which I've told you guys, and that is that Hollingshead should stay at left back. He is a difference maker at left back. That's right. He, he, He elevates the team on defense and attack and he should never ever 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 be played anywhere else other than left back.
3: He is the best American left back in MLS. Has absolutely been three years absolutely. running.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> he gives this team a massive advantage at that position over other teams and and I know he can play, you know, God bless me can play all other positions. But at left back I think he is a stud and he should definitely absolutely Never be played anywhere else. I don't care. Put somebody else over at right back.
1: Yeah, let's give Monjomo more minutes there. Let's see what happens, right? Hey, yep. w- we need to leave it there. We need to leave it there. Uh, we didn't yep. talk to him about North Texas. Had a tough, tough loss.
2: That's okay, though. I actually, I want to say on North Texas, my prediction going into that weekend was a 2-0 loss for North Texas simply because that team's still gelling and, and Greenville is a veteran club that they're, you know, they're impossible to beat at home. So I expect them to lose. I didn't expect them to lose that badly, but it's understandable. It's a young team. They still got, honestly, I will tell you right now, they're not even 100%. You can expect that uh, FC Dallas to at least loan them at least two more players, and you still got the North Carolina kids coming. Uh, you still got David Rodriguez who may be coming back in June. I mean, I don't think that team is 100% yet. I think they've got at least three starters uh, that will still be joining the team. Uh, definitely one at center back for sure. And I mean, yeah, they're not 100%. They're still gelling. And this is a team that's going to get better as the season progresses.
1: Good. Thank you for that update, Jose. We'll make some more time next week to talk about North Texas and where they are. But hopefully, we'll also be talking about a big win. Over the Houston Dynamo, a crucial match this coming Saturday, and you know, seven points if they can get a win this weekend, seven points from four matches, you you're, you take that. You're pretty you're pretty fine with that to start the season, knowing all the unpredictable reality of things that can happen. So, let's leave it there. Uh, ben, Jose, I love you guys. Be well. Stay safe. Um, yeah, be good. All right. See you all next week. Love
3: you, Sue Rev. Love all of you viewers who came in and uh, listened to me
0: rant about Frank O'Hara tonight. All right. (laughs) Good night, everybody.
4: All right.